Hey everybody, welcome to Plato's Penthouse, where we talk about what's going on in the world, philosophy, and just general life advice. I'm your host, Paul Kolzewski, and I am here with my co-host. I'm Matt Hudson, I guess I'll put my last name on this. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, yeah, what up guys? We're going to be talking about things that are important to your life. Just uh, realize we, we don't really know what we're talking about. We're a bunch of idiots. Yeah, that's okay. But if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Plato's Penthouse. Let us know what you think. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our first episode where we're going to be talking about Basically, our name, why we chose it, um, a little bit of history, the formation of a republic, and uh, we're going to be doing it all while we're playing FIFA, because we don't take this too seriously. Yeah, that's how we do things in this house. <laughs> we do them while playing FIFA. Half-assed. Yeah, we talk about the formation of the republic, though, the bit, and our, our shit kicked in <laughs> online. That's how, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so basically we picked Plato's penthouse, uh, you know, due to Plato's allegory of the cave, um, you know, because the same premise behind it applies to nowadays, except we're not living in caves. I mean, if you live in America and you make 34 grand a year, you're in the 1% of the world. Lots of people live in man caves still, Paul. Yeah, you know? the bachelor pad. Your mom's basement, the bachelor pad. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> a, li yeah. a little bit about uh, Plato's Republic, you know, basically the premise of the entire book is to talk about what is justice, uh, the city-state establishment, and what being just means. Um, that's basically what they talk about throughout the book. Um, and it's called Plato's Republic, but Plato doesn't even participate in the book. It's mostly... Rendition? Rendition? There Rendiction? Rendition? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sick. Dictation. Ooh, uh, a dictator. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it's basically uh, Socrates is the main main character in it. Plato was one of Socrates' students. Um, and if you don't know who Socrates is, he's basically the first moral philosopher in the world, I guess. Um, I think, yeah, def I mean, that we know of. Who knows? Hashtag great pyramids. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag ancient civilizations. Did you know you're half alien? They might not tell you, but it's true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Socrates was basically a troll. Like, he... Yes. If you guys know internet trolls, imagine that, but like in ancient Greece, but without the internet. Like, this guy has the balls to do this to your face. Yeah. All day. He would just go around and make a bunch of people who consider themselves wise feel like an idiot um, and the reason for that was basically he went to go see an oracle one time and the oracle told him that he was the wisest of them all and he was just like no that's stupid I'm actually an idiot I um, know that I'm a fucking idiot like wait a second this oracle is full of shit yeah pretty much and uh, but that's that's what gave him an edge like that that was his 
I guess, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, so Socrates, so the Oracle of Delphi was, in the ancient Greek world, seen as speaking for the god Apollo. And, like, you know, having a direct line, whatever. You go see here about your failing crops or your you can't, you know, marry your daughter off or some other fucked up Greek shit. And the Oracle will give, always gives people the, like, most annoying answer possible, like speaking in riddles and just, you know, not really giving you an answer, but seeming all wise and mystic. And so the words of the Oracle of Delphi carried a lot of weight. So Socrates went there to find who was the wisest man on earth because he wanted to learn and, you know. And she basically told him, you, you are. But um, he, he didn't believe it. Yeah, of course not, because he knew that he, there were lots of people who knew more shit than he did. So he spent a lot of time thinking about this, and he was like, well, the Oracle only speaks the truth. There must be truth in this somewhere. Eventually, what he realized is it, he was the wisest, not because he knew the most, but because he knew that he didn't know. Which is kind of a weird concept. A little but, ironical. Haha, almost like a riddle or some weird Oracle, Oracle type shit. You know? Sex orgy shit. <laughs> I like to imagine everything that's going on in ancient Greece always is happening in the middle of a wine-fueled orgy All in day. the woods or some shit. I like it. Uh, but yeah, so his, his big revelation was that by understanding his, his ignorance and his lack of knowledge, it actually made him wise. Um, and this was all going on while Sparta and Athens were basically having disputes over uh, like who ruled Greece. Um, so him just being kind of like a troll all over Athens caused um, yeah caused his ultimate death. You can see how like asking the people who are the ones directing the war and stuff, being like, hey, let me just like question your base understanding of what knowledge is and what wisdom is, and eh, people not being too happy. Yeah, that can kind of get under your skin when it's happening all the time. And uh, he it wasn't just him. He he had this whole school of people who were who were following him. So he had all these. Young kids, you imagine like the edgy teenager in your town just starts coming at you with Socratic questioning all the time. That's really, that's really annoying. It was old school 4chan. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. It was shit posting before people understood what that was. But, but honestly, they were raising very, very valid and good points. But unfortunately, by doing so, they exposed kind of the, the weak underbelly of, of what our entire society is founded on, which is the belief in people's knowledge and wisdom and, you know. They, were, they can make these types of decisions for everyone. So basically, at one point, he uh, was sent to trial, and he got offered death or exile. Uh, being the boss that he is, uh, he just realized that if he <laughs> went anywhere else, uh, people would probably just want to kill him there, too. Th this is like when you're being a dick on, I don't know, like Tumblr or Facebook or something, and, and, and you get banned. You don't stop being a dick. You just find another website that you go troll on there. So that Socrates had the self-awareness to realize, you know what? If you exile me from Athens, I'm just going to go to some other Greek city-state, and they're going to do the same exact thing to me because I'm not going to stop doing this. So he faked a death by poison. Yeah, he decided to basically say, you know what? If you guys really want me to die for asking you questions, then okay, I'll kill myself. I'll drink hemlock and... Uh, and die, because you're this insecure about your knowledge. And uh, just to give you a sense of how big of a, a troll he was, his last words were saying, uh, we owe, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, his Greek names, Asclepius, Olypius, some track like Sick. that. I love uh, Greek names. 
basically telling them that uh, he owes them a cock and uh, make sure <laughs> that they that they pay it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sure that you give this guy my cock once I'm dead. Yeah, yeah, all day. My, uh -huh. my dead, decrepit cock. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, and also, I just want to say real quick, all these Greek names definitely sound as if they were, they were like invent, like they were, they came up with, whatever. They, they were invented during a Greek sex wine orgy. woods orgy. Yeah. Which they mixed their wine with mushrooms, just FYI for everybody out there. The Greeks figured it out. They yeah. were chilling. The mushroom gods. They were chilling, especially, we were talking about this the other day, but man, if you, if you were anything close to being wealthy back in the day, obviously, you know, back in ancient Greece or Rome, you would be just chilling. Like what, that's some crazy shit. You just go take baths and get drunk and have big orgies. A cool. couple of slaves, yeah. so <laughs> no big deal. Definitely at least like 10 slaves. <laughs> But d the different times, you know, were the idea of slavery being, and slavery is bad. Don't get me wrong, but for the vast majority of human history, slavery was just something that that that's it just was, you know, just like the way we view like farm animals and stuff now. People, you know, you lost in a battle against Athens, and guess what? You're a slave now. That's your life. You're you're getting me my grapes. Uh, anyway, kind of kind of derailed there. <laughs> back <laughs> back to the book. Yeah. <laughs> So the book just basically starts off by talking about what is the definition of just and what is unjust. And uh, they came to the conclusion just that... Just what? what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Matt's a troll. Um, I'm Socrates. <laughs> okay. But they basically came to the conclusion and uh, stated that it is to your advantage to be just and disadvantage to be unjust, which really just plays into how our society works. I mean, you have two political parties. Each side is basically thinking that they're the virtuous ones and what they're doing is the right thing for society. Um, and, like... Yeah, you know what? I, I like... No disrespect to Socrates or Plato because obviously they had much better brains than I do. But to me, what comes, what's more important than just, like, you know, it's advantageous to be just, disenfant, whatever... You know what I'm saying? Disadvantageous to be unjust. Yeah, but what does it mean to be just itself? Because, like, of course everyone wants to do what they think is just. But the problem is, with that statement, like you were just saying, both sides of any issue can believe that they are just. And, like, that, that's it. So, it's, you know, the definition of what it means to be just is pretty subjective even if you're really really smart and you figure out what's the most efficient way for people to interact in a just way it's still up to the individual to make that determination for themselves and then they're going to act in accordance with that and i think that's what we're seeing today with the political stuff which is also not a bad thing i mean you need opposite yeah. forces to kind of find a middle ground that works for everybody uh, it's when it starts leaning more in one direction or the other that kind of starts problems. And yeah. the other thing is also, you know, we don't live in a perfect world, so there needs to be an acceptance of imbalance. And the reason we don't live in a, in a perfect world is because we need cities. As human beings, we need to live in settings where there are a bunch of us. 
not everybody can be a teacher or the jack of all trades. You need people who specialize in individual things, whether it's construction, art, exactly. healthcare, music. You know, human beings need several Medicine. different needs in their life, and that's why cities were formed. Exactly, and I know that. You know, I I feel this way, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening also feel this way, where there's just a little bit of dissatisfaction in modern society. And yeah, you know what? Are there lots of people who want to go live in the woods and just be away from cities and stuff? Totally. But the point here is you can't make the things that you need, such as like medicine or filtered water or the the construction materials in order to build your little fucking tiny house in the middle of the woods or on a trailer or whatever. You you need cities and organized labor and people in order to produce all the things that we take so for granted. Like sewage. I thought you were going to say like sushi. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't know if that's like, but yeah, like sewage. Taking care of human waste requires people to cooperate and, and live together and find a way to not kill each other. And speaking of human needs, part of that is protection. And part mm. of that is a sense of guardianship of the state. And this is something that they talk about a lot in the book, is what guardians are responsible for, what they basically do for the city, and they even talk about how to groom them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is something that's even applicable to this day, because one of the fundamentals that they talked about is basically early childhood development and how to uh, teach um, guardians in a manner that they're going to be protectors of the state without any sort of conflict. And one of those things that they did is basically, uh, you know, changed history. So everybody knows, not everybody, most people know the story of the Iliad and the Odyssey. um, And a huge portion of that book is Odysseus basically hanging out with a bunch of gods. The gods gods get in the way. Yeah, the gods get in the way. For sure. Um, but there's an accurate representation of the gods in the, in the origins, original story. Um, and that's because the, the gods weren't all good. Right. Especially, like, in, if you look at Greek, Norse, Roman, a, a lot of these religions that were pantheistic, that had multiple gods, the gods themselves embodied human virtues and vices. So they, they were, you know, we are made in the gods' image, is how they would say it. But, of course, we can look at it and say that now that those gods embody human characteristics because that's the people who are making them are human so gods are not all good and benevolent like we think of as you know like jesus being or like having the well-being of mankind and high on their priority list absolutely not they saw humans as as kind of pawns on the god's battlefield and um the the iliad and the odyssey spell that out pretty explicitly in the way that they interfere with Odysseus's journey. So, basically, to have a just guardian of the state, they needed to represent God as being all just, all good, and all mighty. Um, and this even happens today in the news. I mean, you know, depending on where you get your media from, you can see how everything is skewed. You know, one party says one thing about a certain topic, another party says something else about a certain topic. And, you know, this is applicable in terms of the Kavanaugh trial. This is applicable in terms of Kanye's— He wasn't on trial. It was a job interview. Excuse me, the Senate hearing. Come on. Uh, And it also applies to Kanye's 
Kanye's uh, meeting with Trump. You know, depending on what news source you watch, you'll get different information. Um, and this again goes back to both parties thinking they're they're just in a sense, um, and they're going to push out information to push that agenda of justness. Um, if anything is a word, <laughs> I think it's I think it's a word. We could pretend it's a word. Yeah, I mean that. People on every side of the political aisle or dodecahedron or whatever it is, um, they, they hold those beliefs because they believe those things are right and just and virtuous, you know, whatever word you want to use for, you know, Socrates and Plato would say that those people believe that they're being virtuous by holding those beliefs, that those beliefs are going to make the best result for everyone. Um, obviously, there are some people who don't give a fuck about other people, but... Those are called psychopaths. Yeah. Um... The distribution of information to fit your belief system or what you think needs to be done to create the best situation possible for everyone, uh, you know, it's a, that's an ethical question that I'm sure Socrates would ask people a lot. Is it okay to suppress or um, real information or to pass out disinformation in order to um, further a just cause? Is it okay to take unjust actions for the greater good of, of what you believe the ultimate virtue is. And uh, they were big on education. I mean, that was, that was one of their main uh, you know, talking points, not only in terms of the establishment of guardians, um, but it even came to regular citizens. Um, they believed that somebody with a poor education was more they had more tendencies to be unlawful compared to somebody who had a proper education where they would abide by the law. And uh, they even had the same concept in terms of wealth. They believed that excessive wealth or excessive poverty can cause corruption in society, which again, plays into play of our society today. People of excessive wealth have a skewed perception of reality. People of excessive poverty have a skewed perception of reality. Uneducated people have a skewed perception of reality. People with too much education are also, I wouldn't say, they have a... Well, it all depends on the quality of the education, right? And this is something that they talked about a lot. Um, let's go to my favorite part about this book. And uh, basically, one of the most famous allegories in the world, and that is the allegory of the cave. And what this is, is basically uh, a story of how basically uh, you had a group of individuals who were shackled in a cave and the only perception of reality that they had were the shadows on the wall of the cave caused by sunlight. The sunlight is supposed to be the quote unquote truth. The shadows are their distorted reality. Um, and what happens is basically one day their shackles become unbound and they get released into the world basically. Um, and there's one of two possible things that can happen. One of which is uh, people will be so blinded by the truth, so blinded by the sunlight blinded that they- Blinded by the light? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the truth, light. Go blinded see the light. That they'll be so blinded by this that they'll retreat back to the cave because it's more comfortable. It's it's a it's what they're, it's what they're accustomed to. 
Um, and then the other option is that you have a group of individuals who uh, basically work through the pain and get adapted to the, the sunlight. Um, it's like when you have a, a bad hangover, you know? <laughs> and you go outside and out. And you want to just go back inside and just stay in bed all day. But you know what? You decide, I'm going to go get that coffee. I'm going to go get that pumpkin spice latte. And I'm going to deal with the bright sun in my eyes. Like that. Yeah. The whole, the whole concept is basically the psych needs to be freed from the shackles of visual stimulation and be led towards a path of intelligence. That was basically the whole concept behind uh, the allegory. Exactly. And, and if you guys aren't super familiar with this, Go Wikipedia that shit because there has been a lot of discussion about this allegory and uh, we're going to do some more discussion of it now. But if you want to really read it, it's publicly available. Check it out. Or even better, just buy the book because yeah. anybody who wants to talk about politics or have a say in this world should read this book because, again, it is the fundamentals of how our society is formed and how it functions to this day. Fun. Emphasis on fun. The mentals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, just, it's actually a pretty good read. It's, um, a, it's a great book. It, you know, you, everyone should try to educate themselves on where we've been in the past and what that means for us today and in the future. And a, and a huge point in this book, uh, they talk about the leaders of the world, basically kings, and how it's their sole responsibility to lead people to the light, to get them out of that cave, to get them out of those shackles. So it's really important who you listen to in this world because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, I mean, literally when it comes to anything, like one day butter is good for you, the next day it's bad. One day eggs are good for you, the next day they're bad. So it's important to double check your own information, find out where it's coming from, do your background research. Which I understand not everybody has the time to do so, uh, but just you really should start to learn to take everything with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Not everyone has the time to delve deep into every single topic they have a position on, but everyone has the time to keep a more open mind and kind of acknowledge the fact that they're not an expert on what they saw on Facebook or, yeah, just because or what they heard on the news. Yeah, or like, you know, that's why diversity of information sources is good because it can help you understand and anyone understand what Socrates had to understand, which is realizing that you don't know is actually extremely liberating it frees you from the shackles of your preconceived beliefs and it helps you relate to other people and personally it makes me want to learn more absolutely i mean i i'm always 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 listening to a podcast about nutrition about health about what's going on in our political sphere what's going on in space you know and this is like, there's a common test uh, where basically there is a professor who asked a room full of individuals, uh, you know, raise your hand if you believe that the earth revolves around the sun. Basically everybody's hand went up. And then uh, he asked another question, raise your hand if you believe that the sun revolves around the earth and nobody raised their hand. And then his follow up question was now, can anybody explain to me why the earth revolves around the sun with scientific proof? And nobody in the room raised their hand because they were just taking some other educated individual's word and believing it as truth. Yeah, that is called a logical fallacy, the appeal to authority. Just because someone has, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that people who have spent years of educating themselves about a topic 
are exactly as knowledgeable as some fucking kid sitting on his computer reading Wikipedia articles. Not what I'm saying. Lime However, root. yeah, the information itself should be judged on its validity. Judge judged on its validity. You shouldn't just believe something because someone in a position of power or authority says this is the truth. Fuck that. If you don't see it through your eyes, also if if anyone listening to this doesn't understand why the Earth revolves around the Sun, not the other way around. Please educate yourself on that because it's pretty fucking interesting. And then you won't be that guy in the class who's like, oh shit, I actually don't know basic things about how our solar system works. And if you want to see basically what I'm talking about, there's something similar that I posted on my Instagram uh, about two circles, a red one and a blue one. Um, Give me that reference. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about in terms of how just a person of power can influence an entire room to change their minds. Yeah. Um, but going back to Plato's Republic, uh, the next thing that they basically discuss is uh, the natural deterioration and tendency to move towards chaos in a city-state uh, government-type policy. Talk about how it starts off with aristocratic leaders. In its origin, uh, you know, aristocratic leaders are in charge. They're philosophers by nature. They understand human nature. They understand how society functions, and uh, they're constantly questioning their own actions in the world. And something that is pure evidence of this is if you look at the history of America and you look at George Washington. He had the wherewithal and the foresight to see that uh, a president should only serve two terms because otherwise he would just turn into a dictator and that could just be a very sticky and messy situation. <laughs> yeah, the sticky dictator situation. Yeah, George <laughs> Washington spunk all day. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what this country is made out of. You his, know? his men come. God, <laughs> sorry, G. Wash. You knew you knew it had to had to happen at some point. Reveal your big secret. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the Illuminati secret right there. We're all we're all children of George Washington. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> He's like Genghis Khan, but uh, less murder, maybe. Yeah, definitely less murder. Equal amount of rapage, though. <laughs> Just kidding. Dude, back in the day, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, things are different now, and we should be thankful about that. You know, Which, that is part of the thing about civilization and society that we were talking about earlier, how we need cities and stuff. Part of that isn't just, you know, taking care of your sewage, is also realizing that, you know, rape is bad, and there should be laws about that stuff. Yeah, also, anybody who says, like, oh, things were so much better back then, okay, LOL. go, like, stab yourself with some malaria or, like, small Yeah, do you like dysentery? Do you want that? <laughs> I guarantee you, you don't. Just shit everywhere yeah. in yeah, the bucket that you're lighting on fire to it, get rid of. Exactly. It's not the type of thing that you're like, oh, I should try it once. Let's see how I feel. No, 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 no. The diseases people had back in the day, they were not fun. Like, also, no AC. Can you imagine that? Yeah, we're, we're pretty spoiled. And again, yeah, that's no why we're called Plato's Penthouse and not Plato's Cave. Yeah. Because we're spoiled, but we're still a bunch of idiots. Exactly. Yeah, it's a... Uh, this is a pretty, pretty great name, I would say, sitting up here in the Plant House. But maybe if I went down and like walked on the city streets, I would realize maybe it's not the best name. I don't know. Everyone's very trapped in their own perspective. And unfortunately, the social media and the 
constant interaction we have with other people now, I think reinforces that to a degree. Um, so the next step in the deterioration of a city-state, uh, basically a Timocratic leader takes over, and this is warriors and generals. And, and that's not, you didn't say Democratic, right? No, Tim with a T. Tim. Man, fucking Tim. Tim. What an asshole. Yeah. Just taking over. Okay. All right. This is not a podcast about Tim. <laughs> um, but basically, what it is is warriors and generals coming into power. Um, no longer do we have philosophical leaders in play. Um, it's people who are, uh, to a general sense, corrupt. Um, they want to force their hand into everything. And if you, you know, not to like talk smack about Reagan or that era. Q uh, talking smack about Reagan in that era. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But like. <laughs> hey, let's start a drug war and then invade Yay. other countries and sell a bunch of crack in America Yay. and, uh, or excuse me, of cocaine. Yeah, yeah, America it wasn't too. crack yet, but yeah, it not was yet. coke. Uh, but basically, you know, just start invading these countries by supporting guerrilla fighters and, uh, you know, yeah. putting people into power. Like, we're just sticking our dicks into everything, which we still do today. Yeah, we'd love to do that. It's because we're bored. We, you know, like, what are we supposed to do? What's the CIA supposed to do if not invade Guatemala and shit? <laughs> and, like, prop up, like, dictators so that we can get good supplies of cocaine that we can then pump into black communities in the U.S. What, they're just bored, man. <laughs> they're just fucking bored. we got to give them something to do. Yeah, just, just fuck everything up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, I'm really good at derailing <laughs> shit. Uh, that's kind that's, of my job. That's, that's what you're here for. <laughs> that's my one skill in life. I can derail conversations. Uh, anyway, okay, so we're getting, okay. Uh, all right, so we're at the Timocratic, right, Tim? Right. Yeah, so this, again, classic Tim move. Yeah. Fucking, all right. Jerk. But the, uh, so the next step is an oligarchy, which what oh. I would say is basically where we're at as a society right now, um, where the wealth are in control. You can obviously everybody who hates Trump is like burr. Um, but not everyone hates Trump. Not everybody. Excuse me. But no, 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 no. I'm saying everyone. Everyone. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Because that's standard protocol. It's not like he was elected our president or no. anything like that. She. It was her turn. She won the popular vote, bro. Yeah. Don't even want to get into it. We'll get. We'll get into the popular vote later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get yeah. there. Trump's not our president. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Unfortunately, <laughs> some really bad news. Yeah, America is no longer an opt-in society. That's actually what the Civil War settled. So, anyway, we'll get to there eventually as well. But uh, yeah, that's part of the thing about living in a democracy and like transition of power is that sometimes you're not gonna win, and it's about how you act when you don't win. You know, just as much as how you act when you win. You ever hear being a sore loser? You ever get your ass kicked in soccer like me? Yeah. yeah. AKA keep your shit together. Put your okay? shit in the bag. No safe spaces. This is a safe. This podcast is a safe space. Yeah, for sure. If you are willing to have your beliefs challenged. If you don't want to get tilted, watch yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Th no, we really d we're not trying to piss people off. If it happens, I'm sorry for you, but you know what? There are going to be no matter where you stand on the political aisle or religious aisle. I don't know why I keep saying aisle. It's not an aisle. But wherever you stand, I'm sure at some point, both Paul and I will say something that's going to make you be like, oh, I'm so tight. When you feel that way, just try to understand where we're coming from. We're not trying to piss you off. Yeah. You know? Understand why you're getting angry. Yeah. Understand why, where we're trying to come from. Yeah, and exactly. feel free to put it in the comments.
sense, and we'll talk about it. We'll respond. We want an open discussion about this because this mm-hmm. doesn't happen enough. Yes. Again, news media. You get a four-minute segment on something that happened in the world. Done. Over. Next statement, and then everybody just takes it as truth. And 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 literally, people gotta understand. Like, news media, especially TV, but all types of media, they are not designed to inform you. They are designed to make money. They're a business, just like anything else. So you gotta take everything, everything from any source. I'm not talking about like, oh, the mainstream liberal news media lies, but Fox calls the truth all the time. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that these people's motivations is not to make you the most well-informed citizen you can be. It's to get you to keep watching. So they employ techniques and tactics that are used by advertising companies, for example, to activate a shorter path in your neural processing, which makes you have emotional reactions to things. Same thing that happens when you're looking at a car commercial or a whiskey commercial. And that's, they're not selling you by being, oh, this is the best whiskey because of all these scientific studies and all these objective facts. No, they present you with images and sounds and messages that make you have an emotional reaction. That's what the news does too. So just take it with like 6 million grams of salt. And it's not only just the news, it's social media too. I Absolutely. Mean, clickbait is everywhere. Sure you is. get some sort of like emotionally triggered headline that people well, don't it's a read safe the space, Paul. Safe space. Don't be using that word. Whatever. I'm triggered, but. All right, dude. Be triggered all you want. <laughs> You're my roommate. I don't care. All right. Um, but basically, yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, that's where we are is people are so emotionally charged which again going back to the allegory of leading people out of a visible and sensational reality and pushing them towards one of intelligence um so these clickbait articles are just basically a bunch of bullshit they're trying to drag you into the cave yeah literally like yeah that's what they're um, to understand, but. but yeah going back to the oligarchy i mean it's not only even our, our president you know a symbol of wealth in america that is in charge. I mean, it's politicians in general. You know, why do we pay them so much? If they're yeah. really supposed to be, you know, for the people, why do we have life life term politicians? Why do they get millions of dollars in campaign funds? You know, you have I'm huge corporations backing these people for absolutely no reason other than to manipulate politics for their own greed. Yep. Um, Every politician should have to, you know, like in NASCAR, they have the cars with the sponsors and logos on them. That's what politicians should have to wear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Skin tight, latex suits, and covered with those sexy designer logos. And at this point in time, people are pissed. Like once an oligarchy comes into power, people are pissed because there is obviously a wealth distribution. You have wealthy people in power. People are doing their... Uh, People are creating laws and running the city to have it benefit themselves, not the general public. Um, and you basically create a mob mentality. Um, in reaction to that. And yeah, in reaction to that, which happens, which is exactly what's going on. I mean, that's why there's so many yeah. protests going on. That's why there's so much public outcries, because people are realizing that shit's fucked up. And people are taking to the streets, and they're mad. Stay tight. Why things blow up on social media because it's people emotional. are pissed. Yeah. They they want they want things to change, and unfortunately, they don't have the power structure to change things themselves. 
So what do they do? They go to social media. They go to protest in the streets because that's the only action that they can take. Um, but there's also downsides to this. You know, I'm all about people, public outcry, and people trying to change laws and stuff like that and protesting. Um, but it could also fuck up our republic democracy. Uh, and what I mean by that is basically, you know, for example, in our last election, people are saying, oh, how could Trump become president? Hillary won the popular vote, like, substantially, you know, how can this be? Uh, and uh, completely uh, throw the idea of an electoral college out the window yeah. and why we have an electoral college. Yeah, I, uh, when people are upset, they want to see a change. And I can understand people getting upset at the system because they see it as being responsible for the change. But yeah, I think it's, it's just, it's tough nowadays because of social media and the mainstream media, any type of mainstream media, as well as people's social circles, it's very easy to become very influenced and suddenly your beliefs and your ideas, are they, are they really your own anymore? Or are they part of what it's become comfortable for you to feel? And I think, you know, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago wh where, you know, you're a product of what is it, the, the five people you hang out with the most or something yeah. like that? Yeah. So, like, something I wasn't thinking about the last time we talked about it just popped in my head is how, how much time do people spend on social media? Well, let's imagine, let's imagine that, like, their social media experience makes that one friend. So, surely, that was brutal. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just almost scored a great goal, but. We're trash. It, yeah, we're actually terrible. But so social media almost has more influence, you would think, than one of your friends that you're spending the whole time with because people are on their phones and their social media so much. So, Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's also, you know, it, it plays into the ego. You know, people totally. want to be accepted into society. We have tribes. We have, you know, we want social yes. acceptance. It's a biological imperative for us. It's not just I want to be cool. I want James and Stacy to, to like me and talk to me. It's a biological survival mechanism, and that's something we can touch on later at some point. But. Loneliness is a real killer, <laughs> both, yeah. in, both in your decision-making and just in general. Absolutely. Um, Inability to relate to other people is, is one of the worst things to go through uh, mentally, and I think it's one of the leading causes of suicide rates, and especially among like, veterans and stuff like that. And just, uh, you know, if, if you think back to your high school years, you know, anybody who wasn't like the popular jock player or whatever, um, you could probably relate to that because you're probably in a school with a bunch of people and you're just like, wow, I don't fit in at all. I don't belong. And then you're all hormonal, acting crazy, mm. and you do weird shit just to try to fit in. And then you, you look back on it on your life later and you're like, wow. I just try not to think about the things I've done in the past because if I think about them, then I stay up all night thinking about them. And I'm like, hmm. I wasn't the smartest individual in the world. No. I probably shouldn't have done that. But you're young <laughs> and dumb and emotional and hormonal. Yeah. So who could really blame you, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, that show we're watching the other night, Big Mouth, awesome depiction of, of what it's like. Oh, absolutely. Be I a kid and try to just somehow make it through this crazy bullshit that's happening to you. I recommend keeping it. Anybody who hasn't seen it, really check, funny show. Check it out. It's, it's, it's mad funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, this goes, and again, the, the problem with the ego also is that once you 
find this group that you're a part of once you mm -hmm. establish your ideas that, you know, again, may not necessarily be your own, but something that just society tells you and you abide by so you can fit in. Um, it's hard to break free from that cage because you've now established a sense of yourself. Your identity is tied to that. And if you're, yeah, your identity is tied to that. And if you start breaking it, you are essentially breaking yourself, and a lot of people just can't handle that. Absolutely. Um, it, your beliefs can become a prison quicker than you realize. And that's, again, kind of going back to Socrates, why the Oracle of Delphi, I think he was the wisest, is because he was able to realize that, you know what, I actually don't, I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just believing things, I, I think things, and I, I believe them without knowing. And that's, it can be a prison. This whole concept of nature versus nurture, you know, it's like, are we, are we born a certain way or, or are we a product of our environment? And I, I definitely think it's a combination of both. Um, but it's really important just to, just to realize that. Um, Absolutely. Even if you can't do anything about it at the moment, realizing it is the first step. And, and we're not saying, you know, if you feel like you're in a friend group where you have to believe certain things or whatever, we're not saying that those friends are worthless or whatever. We're just saying that for your own good, it's good to practice. Like, if you have a really strongly held belief about anything, let's say, uh, I, I don't know, GMOs or vaccines, something kind of controversial, whatever, try to put yourself in the shoes of the person on the other side. Instead of getting upset when someone disagrees with you, they're a person just like you. Try to understand why they feel that way. It's a very liberating experience, and it helps to de lower the stress in your life. Yeah, I mean, it's also just the one-on-one of debating. It's, you know, yeah. it's talking to an audience and representing the opposing person's view in order to further strengthen your argument. Exactly. If you're afraid of analyzing the other position, that means you don't believe in what you think you believe in. If you really believe in it, you should want to understand the other side so that you can strengthen your own beliefs. But if you're scared to analyze the other beliefs, maybe it's because you're worried that it's going to expose a flaw in your logic or, or something like that. You shouldn't be afraid of, of other people's opinions. You know. So last and final step in this deterioration of a republic, a city-state, a democracy, is a tyrant ruler. Um, so bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, if you just think about it, it's like a like what a tyrant is is basically an individual who is what is a tyrant paul a tyrant <laughs> yo good question <laughs> um so i know i know the audience is asking themselves right now <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know the exact definition but the way that they described it in plato's republic is an individual who uh, has absolutely no control over his vices and an unquenching desire to virtue virtue signal Whoa. So, you just tie virtue signaling back to Greek philosophy? Yeah, I mean, so I'm trying to keep I it like, modern. I dude. like that. I'm Keeping it to topical. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying you to know. keep it modern, you know? Socrates dabbing on these fools out here right now. Pretty much. Um, so it, just imagine it as like a, like a spoiled kid, basically. It's like a rich, spoiled kid who has everything given to him in the world yep. and wants more. Yeah, you know? it'll, and, it'll never be enough. It'll never be enough, and that's that's what a tyrant does. But an educated one 
and a disruption of society can take over. Um, and this is kind of a problem, and if you actually... It's, kind of, it's a little problematic. It is, especially if you yeah. look at um, going, just reverting back to the Cold War, and you look at Russian subterfuge. Um, what's up? But it's my favorite type of war. Yeah, cold. <laughs> cold. I like it ice cold. No conflict at all. We'll just, yeah. Um, but there's a, actually a spy who basically converted over to the American side, and he was in charge of leading the basically subterfuge uh, tactics in Russia for the KGB. Um, so he was an American, so he was a double agent who was Russian, who's working for the Americans, and he's leading up the subterfuge efforts for the KGB. Right. That's that's intense. Well, he wasn't a double agent. He just he just converted back. He, he so, was seeking asylum in America. So he was a, an OG American. No, 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 he was Russian. So he's Russian. He was working for the KGB, but then he decided he wanted to be working for the Americans. Yeah. But he's still working at the KGB. So no, 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 he quit. He quit and moved to America. Oh, so to he seek used asylum. so he used to head up that division of the KGB. Correct. And then he moved to America. Gotcha. Okay. Correct. Um, and this is something that he talks about. He talks about the basically deterioration of America step by step and oh, he talks okay. about the first step is to get rid of religion and if you you know really look at our society nowadays especially millennials and the younger generation you know religion is pretty much dead most people are spiritual this is about to be some controversial shit you're saying oh, I think I know who this guy is and I, uh, I hope I don't get assassinated uh, oh, <laughs> guys if you want to assassinate someone because of the things they say take a long hard look at your priorities also not easy you know actually never mind let's move off the topic of <laughs> killing people because of their beliefs yeah maybe maybe another episode yeah, that, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> okay but, so this guy said the first step was getting rid of religion right so that's pretty much done gone and the reason behind this is uh one people's morals get all fucked up two more importantly they look for a new god to solve all their issues which is bump 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 the government exactly yeah and you know what this is this guy saying this. Yeah, and, uh, this it's is not, a cold war. It's not, it's not us being like, you know, it's all some grand conspiracy. But, you know, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is, guys. Oh, I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm 100% a believer. Call me a conspiracy theorist all day. I don't care. I am a conspiracy theorist. But we are theorist. still under the implementation of Russian subterfuge tactics. Of course we are. I mean, look at the last election. <laughs> LOL. No, for real. Like every, everyone wants to – listen, let's, uh, I know it's going to be almost impossible with this topic, but if we could remove the politics from it for half a second and talk about the fact that really what they were doing is their, their, their main stated goal is to sow discord and disunion between the American citizens themselves. And, uh, I mean, they even had Russian troll farms – People just chilling on Twitter all day long. I just, I just want to be the. Bait. I want to be a farmer, and my farm is Russian trolls. You know? yeah, yeah. Like that's it. That's I feed them. I, I water them. I bathe them. I help them reproduce, and it's great. Yeah, they're they're a good crop. I like the fact that they're called farm. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it makes sense, but it's also just like it's so cute when you think about it. Yeah. Granted, also everybody, before you freak out, America does this in other people's elections. Yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Time. That's what that's what I love the most about the situation is everyone in America is like, "Oh my God, the Russians meddled in our election," and it's like, "Dude, do you understand how foreign policy works? Have you like, ever <laughs> have you ever read a book? Do you know what the CIA is? Like, like, like this is not new stuff." And uh, yeah, that's you know that's a topic for a whole other episode because we could go into the whole election meddling and also just influencing other countries governments that's that's a that's a whole book right there that i'm never going to read <laughs> but 
going back to the uh, the spies, the second step is basically, uh, you know, now that you've lost religion, uh, kind of going back to a little bit of a Marxist is causing a disruption between the wealthy and the poor. Um, yeah, the bourgeoisie yeah, and the, the proletariat. Yeah, proletariat. Prolet- I love that. Sounds word. about right. And again, this is something that even Plato talked about, how extreme corruption and extreme poverty can skew people's beliefs. Absolutely. And their actions. Yeah. And that's what's happening in America is, you know, there is extreme poverty and there is extreme wealth. And again, people are pissed and it's causing them to behave in certain ways. Although I want to point out something here, and I'm sure this will get me some hate, and it's fine. I, I, I live off of it. I drink it every morning. Is... Even though there is this massive wealth disparity in the U.S., and I'm not downplaying the disparity because it's huge and it's real, and it's anyone who doesn't understand that is not paying attention. Still, though, the bottom of America, the bottom, you know, five, ten percent of America, are still in such a good position compared to everything else that human beings have experienced since, well, apart from when the aliens were helping us out and stuff. It's the best. It's still terrible. And we shouldn't be having it in this country, but I, I think it's kind of important to say, like, we have this huge disparity, but the disparity is less because the bottom have so little and more because those at the top have so much. It's, like, almost incomprehensible to, to try to visualize how much money these people are making. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at the rest of the world, you'll really start to realize how poor people are. I yeah. mean, there's people out there that make four cents a day, you know, and, like, again— it's being yeah. poor nowadays, it's not like being poor in the 20s. It's not, yeah, you e- have a, exactly. You have a flat screen TV in your house. You probably have it's, an iPhone. You probably have, you know, a, a, Xbox. You, you can, you know. thank God we live in a society which does provide some sort of social safety net. So hopefully you can, you can I don't want to say take advantage because that's not what I mean, but, you know, utilize uh, the government funded programs to make sure that you do have, you know, food on the table and, and things like that. It's, you know, obviously we don't want anyone on those programs, ideally, but we do have those in our society too. And that's very different than, again, like Paul said, even being poor in the 20s, 30s, or 40s, it's a very different experience than what is happening today. Go read about the Great Depression. Yeah, go read about the Dust Bowl. It's still not good today. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying, at least what I'm saying, I don't want to speak for you, Paul, is that the, the biggest driver behind wealth disparity is the fact that there's so much wealth concentrated at the top due to many different factors, but definitely the oligarch-ish nature of our current political system can help people make a buttload of money. I mean, more than a buttload of money. Like, it's, it, it, it's again, we can use words to describe this, but it's like if you've ever taken mushrooms and you try to use words to describe the experience to someone... Not going to happen. It's not really going to happen because, like... The human's mind, the, wow, the human mind, uh, mind's ability to visualize things is limited. It's like you can't think about how big space truly is. You really can't think about how much money some of these people have. It's obscene. It's crazy. And we also um, are illiterate. I mean, talking about Kanye. <laughs> Just kidding. Just L-O- joking, guys. <laughs> Good one, MSNBC. LOL. Yeah, it wasn't me. I'm just quoting him. Yeah. No, but it, it, I mean, it's true. Uh, America is extremely illiterate. I mean, after high school, yeah. only 34% of people ever pick up a book again. And then out of college, that only 43% so of people ever pick up a book again. I mean, that's just so sad. I, I, I don't know. I could, I could literally just cry about that right now. 
the fact that you don't pick up a book again? Ever. How the not a single fuck one. do you not want to read? It's that, awesome. That's like, and if you if you look further, so forty three percent of college students don't ever pick a, pick a book up. Like, look, I'm I'm convinced that forty three percent of college students never picked up a book in the fucking first place, man. From my experience in college, and uh, I'm sure that there are other people who have sunk their time and money into higher education in this country can attest to this. The, the average intelligence of the student body, not super encouraging, man. Not super encouraging. So anyway, yeah, just just look at any bar school video or fifth year, or just video like on sit in on a sophomore college class and realize that these kids still don't know how to write a fucking thesis statement. It's uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I I wonder some of the kids I went to college with. I'm like, literally, how are you here? <laughs> like you're in a 400 level class, but you you don't know things that like like I know you were in those classes, but how did you pass? Simple math. I just get a federally backed student loan. Oh, I have heard about these federally backed student loans. I have heard they can help you get a better job in the future yeah. and pay off the $200,000 in student debt that you now have accrued. From a liberal arts major. Yes, you will be able to work as a temporary entry-level intern making no money an hour because you have a degree. That's my robot yeah, university that, that recruiting great. voice. That was, that was great. <laughs> that's great. That's my new... That's me. That's my Halloween costume. Just me and that voice. Okay. Um, so we're at the point now where we're ready for some tyranny. And you know what? I'm willing to provide it. <laughs> You're just, willing to just provide kidding. But, but you know what? This is, and I'm not sure about this. This is just what I've heard and read. I've heard and read that Socrates and Plato were very big proponents of the philosopher king, which to me is basically a tyrant, but who is smart. The aristocrats, man. That was the original formation. That was, I mean, that was the whole concept behind uh, this. Having a philosopher king, somebody who has, you know, the concept of their mm. ignorance, the knowledge of understanding that their actions have tertiary effects. Yeah. And I, I love the philosophers and stuff, man, but like, it is really hard for me to not hear that and listen to it and just be like, so you guys think because you're philosophers that a philosopher would be a better ruler? Like, all people, philosophers are not are, are victims or can be victims to the same human nature issues that everyone has. I don't know, man. Also, Socrates would be a pretty cool president, I guess. Philosophy is a moot point. I mean, I mean, like that's that's what I was just thinking. Like, let's say Socrates is the president. Nothing is ever going to get fucking done. No, no one will want to deal with us ever again because he'll literally just be like, oh, but is it just for you to to be making twenty five percent on these car imports? <laughs> well, you know, like, is that just? I'd be like, dude, please, just sign the fucking thing. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's been six weeks, like. Well, that's. I mean, that was what you brought up uh, in the beginning. You were just like, what is the definition of just? Absolutely. You know? I mean, what what Super what is virtue? What is vice? You know, these are all very like open-ended discussions. It's kind of like you know the whole the concept of God and the mm -hmm. creation of the universe. Yeah, like, you're like never the prime gonna have the answer. Absolutely, to and that's why I think one of the best. Um, I wish I had a good phrase for what these are, but you know, like people will buy these like pre-printed, come on, these like pre-printed little posters that are like in this house, like love is like, da, da, da. you know, uh, you guys yeah, know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. right? So one of the ones that I, you know, something that's like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Um, oh man, now I forgot the original thing I was going to say. I, I'm going to come back to it just so you guys have the context of my comment. Yeah, um, we'll, I'll come back to it. But yeah, overall, again, Democracy has a natural tendency to go towards chaos. I mean, it Definitely. happens time and time again in history. Somebody has a golden age, shit's going well, and then all of a sudden, chaos 
absolutely. And I think that even um, this is true not just of societies and cities and stuff, but it's true of the universe in general. Uh, if you guys know what entropy is, it's exactly that. It's the um, gradual progression towards disorder and chaos. But with chaos, there is order and there is creation. I mean, chaos magic. What up? All day. Uh, but, get into uh, that eventually, but I mean, not today. Entropy is getting under, you know, kind of skewed. I mean, if you think mm. about the Big Bang, what is that? That is pure that, that chaos. Is, that is my 14th birthday party. Ha <laughs> 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 just, just kidding. I wish I had had a birthday party. Okay. Not, not the point. But yeah, entropy is inevitable. Yeah, and, and maybe we need a little bit of chaos in America to start some sort of new... New yeah. world order. It's it's <laughs> okay. It's okay. <laughs> All right. This is now an officially officially a, an Illuminati podcast about yep. creating a new world order. It's hard though because in the U.S. we are fortunately or unfortunately is the way it is. We are right now the cornerstone of a lot of things going on globally. So chaos in the U.S. would extend everywhere, which maybe we do need. Hey man, I'm telling you, I'm waiting for this meteor to hit the earth. I'm ready for it because you know what. That that's some ent- entropic type stuff. Yeah, but and it's natural. But pass me though. Pr- pass me on the uh, on the repopulation of Earth. Like I'd rather die. Uh, I don't need to repopulate it. Yeah. Just what we let's we have too many people already, man. Not enough resources. Too many people. Not enough meteors. Uh, but all right, let's get back on track. We <laughs> 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 could just record you saying that. And just have a little soundboard. All right, getting back to what we were actually supposed <laughs> to be talking about. All right, sorry, Paul. You no, you're good. Uh, talking about tyrants, you know, I mean, mm. the thing is, we are all susceptible to this ourselves. You know, tyrant, a tyrant doesn't necessarily need to be somebody of power. I mean, you have Republican tyrants, you have liberal tyrants. Absolutely, it has know, nothing to do with political. You have citizens that are tyrants all the time. You know, Small the children. Of, we're greedy, scummy human beings yeah. that just want to be lazy and make our lives easier because that's human nature. That's and thank God we, ha- we have that because it's made all of the conveniences that we have in today's society possible. Right. And I don't mean just like iPhones and stuff. I'm talking about like medicine and housing and all these things that are important for us and sewage treatment. Thank God we're lazy and always look for the least, you know, most effective but least work uh, into it. Unfortunately, though, politics is run by the same villain with regard to killing of sewage treatment. Good old. Good Hopefully old, that made sense. Good old human nature. Yeah, exactly. Human nature is human nature, regardless of the context. Um, but yeah, and it's also important to keep in mind the context of art. You know, especially nowadays, there's a lot of like propaganda art going on, uh, which is both good and bad. Um, art is really important in our society. It again creates an emotional reaction out of people. And it's good because it leads towards passion. It makes people want to change. It makes people want to make an impact. I mean, what we're doing in a form, in a sense, is a version of art. Um, We're trying to get an emotional response out of people in order to change their thought process on things. Absolutely. Art is is fundamental to the human experience. It's one of the things that makes us unique in, in, in the history of this planet, as far as we know. Again, aliens, you know. Um, it creates this connection between people and whether, you know, it can be emotional, it can also be intellectual and, and more like visceral, but 
it's this connection, you know. It's it's hard to explain. Art is hard to put into words because it's not. It it goes deeper than just what we can tell each other with words. It's this. It taps into something that I get, again think is kind of written into us biologically, just like the social anxiety. Music and art, when you go back to when we were sitting around campfires and stuff, was the best way of communal experience. And it builds bonds with people. So it, it produces this very intense emotional reaction in people. Um, and again, it goes back to the concept of finding your tribe. Absolutely. You know, people correlate these uh, ideas, the yep. sense of music to bring us together. I mean, think about like the, your closest friends. Do you guys share similar music tastes? Almost certainly, right? Because you want to be around yeah. people that you like. Exactly. People that you fit in with. It's, it's important. It is a big part of fitting in and the emotional uh, you know, satisfaction and affirmation that comes with being part of a social group. But again, it can cause problems because if you're too passionate about your art, you again are susceptible to biases. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be influenced by this very provocative piece of art or music yeah. and it'll cause you to again either think irrationally or do irrational things um yep it, it happens time and time again in history and it's it's so true i mean music is like we were just saying it's a very powerful tool but it is an emotional tool it is not something that you should be choosing your core beliefs and values and principles based off of what kind of music you like but, yeah, but people do that all the time. I, I did that all the time when I was younger, and it, I still do to a degree. I think it's almost impossible not to. But people identify with beliefs, values, and emotional responses. And when you have a community around a type of music, like, like for example, you can't tell me that, that – and I'm not trying to hate. I'm not hating. But the Burning Man community, you yeah. can't tell me that the music is separate from their identity as people or their political beliefs or, like, any of this other stuff. Like, it's all intertwined. Oh, also, just shout out to Burners. I, I love how one of your principal rules are radical self-reliance, but once you go back into the real world, oh, you dude, just ask mommy and daddy. You're talking government. shit now. Oh, I'm absolutely dude, let's not alienate the Burners. Come on. Nah, they could eat it, bro. I'm not really. I love you guys. I'm, I'm My brother's a Burner and all that stuff. But I'm just like, listen, don't be a fucking hypocrite. If you're gonna if you're gonna preach radical self-reliance do it in the real world too and not just for a goddamn week okay that's also something i want to touch on here about music is that music is a magical experience and i don't mean that in the way you got a fucking dude in a top hat throwing a bunny out of a hat i'm talking about real magic where you can influence the nature of the reality and the fabric of the reality around you with what you believe in and what you perceive music it oh what a pass sorry guys oh get fucked let's go get fucked sorry sorry guys we Playing this intense FIFA game just worked out at the end. Okay. Music creates an atmosphere and a mindset. And that has a direct impact on how you live your life. So try to keep that in mind. Keep Make it intentional. You know what I mean? When I was younger, I just I wanted to be part of this community and identity to the point where I didn't even realize how much it was affecting my decision-making process and what I believed. And, you know, when you're surrounded by people who are in the same scene as you are, you can be caught up in it quicker than you realize. and uh, That's what happens with yeah. identity politics. Absolutely. Most people, I feel like most people are in the middle, but you join a certain side, and then all of a sudden you just have to agree with everything that does. You know, it could be with you being a Republican and you not believing in global warming and being against abortion, or, you know, you being a Democrat and 
being a Democrat? Yeah. Oh, being a Democrat and believing in global warming, you know? Well, or just well, being a Democrat and, and believing in, like, for example, that the Affordable Care Act is the right thing to do. Like, that can that has caused so many, at least, like, in my family, man, dude, the, so much friction is just over health care. And it's, like, because both sides really believe what they think is the right solution. And instead of realizing that the other person also wants a right solution, they see the other person as being opposed to what they think is the solution. It's like, which is not good. Yeah, we're never going to get anywhere. Exactly. Like, and that's not how it is. We're a country. Yeah. We're, we're Americans. We need to yeah. like find middle ground again. We need to start having these long term discussions about what's going on and yep. actually try to solve something. And then the other problem is, you know, you have all these politicians that, you know, get some 2000 page bill slapped in front of their face and then they have 10 assistants read it punch out bullet points of what's in it and then it's like oh again i'm gonna play identity politics because if i don't agree with something i know i'm not gonna get reelected. so i need to you know either vote this bill no or pass it or, or pass it and it just like it never gets anywhere no ever it doesn't and, and it's always flipping floppy it's like we have a fucking republican for a couple of years and then a democrat for a couple of years and we just you know everybody's always trying to fuck over the other person and repeal acts that got implemented instead of again trying to find a middle ground and again going back to george washington okay he even said the day that our country divides into two parties is the beginning of our downfall i don't know if that's the exact quote but that's the general gist that's, of it. that's the general gist of it and it's you know if this concept goes further back in george washington which i think i believe one of the romans best way to um control places was divide and conquer you take the populace you divide them into two and you put them against each other you already won yeah and the, the easiest way to control people is to divide them and that's these politicians they're not they're they're not like not aware of this they're very aware of it and it's very intentional the people playing identity politics on both sides of the aisle aren't just good-hearted people caught up in it and i'm not saying all politicians are not good-hearted people so i'm saying but to think that they're not aware of this and what they're doing is just extremely naive. It's all planned and it's all intentional. And you gotta wake up from it and stop hating the people on the other side of the aisle because they disagree with you and realize that the only way for things to get better is for you to embrace them with open arms, try to understand why they feel the way they do and work together. Stop hating everyone else. Find resolution. Yeah. It's, compromise is, is the art of making progress. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just made that up. Nice. What up? Classic. Hey. But, <laughs> and again, I just remember, politicians are people. Yep. They're so people. They're not some, like, almighty deity that Well, is... they are reptilians, though. Oh, true, true. My bad. My bad. Sorry, guys. Don't want to, you know, red pill you too hard on the reptilians here, but, yeah, everyone's a reptilian, including both of us. Yo, shout out to Denver International Airport, underground yeah. alien base. What's up with that? I can't believe they just like flaunt it in people's faces like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. No big deal. Because I'm not sure about the aliens, but I definitely think there's an underground military base there. Oh, there's something weird going on. There's just a lot a, of just room a, underneath Just a 10-mile stretch of road to get to the airport for no reason at all. You know what's sad is I almost, like, people in the government and on private, uh, you know, corporations that are contracted by the government i could almost believe that they literally just did that and they're just like oh it's more expensive but sure we'll just do it for no purpose i could see it happening you know it's like is it incompetence or is it some crazy reptilian conspiracy 
Yeah, true. I but mean, ten miles isn't complicated. It's pretty. It's pretty. I mean, dude, our entire government is kind of incompetent. Go to the DMV, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Hit up the post office and let me know how that goes for you. Sign up for Medicaid. Oh, but, you need an appointment? I'll see you in three months. Yeah. Oh, you're you want to apply for the VAA? You want new glasses? All right, I'll, I'll see you in three months. If you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, just people being people. Oh man! All right, should we wrap this up? I think I think I really need to pee, so I think it's I think it's about that time. All right, I was, all right. Just letting you guys know, just so you know where I'm at. Well, we're just we're good an hour. That was good. Yeah. That was a good start. Yeah, it's a great first episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you enjoyed, what you didn't enjoy. Uh, things you disagree with us on and just show us some love you know we'll show you love too we'll send you a t-shirt when we get them yeah again like comment subscribe love you guys at Plato penthouse pen, at Plato's Play, at Plato's penthouse excuse me possessive but no apostrophe because we're like the people's temple <laughs> we're for everyone <laughs> join our cult uh, not yet not yet we're getting there that's actually, we'll get there on episode 3 but uh, that's actually why we're starting all can't tell them this at the beginning. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> ignore that. Um, <laughs> Just <edit> that out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, comment, subscribe. We're uh, at Plato's Penthouse on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, let us know what you think, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks. Peace.